92.7 WMAY on this day where we're once again seeing the January 6th committee laying out the horrors of the day of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. But one person experienced those horrors more vividly than perhaps anyone else. He's a veteran police officer. He's the author of the book, Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. Officer Michael Fanone joins us. And, Officer, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, your your story is very familiar now, but I want to go back to the beginning of this. Uh, by your own description, you, quote, self-deployed to the Capitol on January 6th. How did you come to be there, and how quickly did you realize that this was turning into an attempted violent overthrow of the lawfully elected government? Uh, well, just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I started my law enforcement career uh, shortly after 9-11. Uh, I spent a brief uh, one-year period with the U.S. Capitol Police before I lateraled to the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. And just to un- so you understand the distinction, U.S. Capitol Police is the uh, law enforcement agency charged with um, protecting members of Congress as well as securing the Capitol complex. The D.C. Metropolitan Police is a more traditional law enforcement unit. Uh, essentially, if you call 911, we're the ones that uh, respond to that call. Uh, and in the Metropolitan Police Department, I served primarily in s- small mission or special mission units focused on uh, violent crime and narcotics trafficking. So on January 6th, I was actually uh, in the midst of a narcotics investigation. I was doing some undercover work for our office at the time, and I was planning on purchasing heroin uh, from a complaint location uh, as part of that investigation. But it was pretty early on in the day, I would say late morning, that uh, we started getting reports from officers who were at work about the massive crowd, uh, the rhetoric being used at the Stop the Steal rally, the fact that there were individuals who were outside of the police lines at the rally who were seen armed with semi-automatic handguns, you know, AR-15 style rifles, uh, as well as other types of, you know, homemade or improvised weapons. And so I knew that there was um, most likely that it was going to be a a very different day than I may have anticipated. Um, As I was driving into work, I started hearing reports on the radio that this large group had deviated from the ellipse where the rally was being held. Uh, and was heading towards the Capitol complex. Obviously, I heard the president's speech in which he told them that he was going to walk march with them to the Capitol, uh, and other rhetoric used by other Trump supporters that day, things like trial by combat and, uh, you know, fighting like hell or you're not going to have your country again. Um, and then the report started coming in probably around 1 p.m. of police lines being overthrown, uh, violence against officers, And so by the time I got into my office, I told my partner, uh, Jimmy Albright, uh, that we were going to respond. And for the first time in maybe over a decade, I put on a uniform and Jimmy and I drove to the Capitol. Uh, And of course, there you uh, suffered horrific injuries as you were seeking to defend the Capitol from this mob. Tell us a bit about what happened to you and, and about your recovery since then. So once I got to the Capitol complex, uh, Jimmy and I made our way to an area beneath the rotunda that's called the uh, crypt. 
And while we were in the crypt, I was monitoring my radio, and I heard a 1033, uh, which is our department's 10 code for officers or, or officer in distress. Uh, and the location that they were providing was the Lower West Terrace Tunnel. Um, Jimmy and I responded there immediately. And I remember walking down a set of stairs and first approaching a, a set of double doors. If you have an opportunity, you know, Google my name, you can see my body-worn camera footage, and it'll pretty much walk you through this entire experience. But through this set of double doors, I could see um, the residual CS gas that was still lingering in the air. Uh, once we opened the doors, I mean, it hit you like a ton of bricks. It was difficult to breathe. Jimmy and I didn't have gas masks. And um, inside that tunnel, which was, I don't know, 200 feet long, uh, maybe about as wide as four or five officers standing shoulder to shoulder, uh, you saw 40, 50 D.C. police officers along with maybe a half a dozen U.S. Capitol police officers defending that, uh, you know, choke point, uh, that entranceway into the Capitol from thousands of violent rioters. And I, I knew at that point that, um, you know, this is where I was going to kind of ante up and kick in. And, and so that's what I did. Jimmy and I joined that group of officers. Um, we found our way to the front. And I was standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with these guys, uh, facing uh, a violent um, mob. Uh, these individuals that we were fighting against were armed with everything from aluminum baseball bats, metal pipes, uh, pieces of scaffolding that they had ripped off. They were using bike racks as uh, battering rams. They were... Uh, armed with, you know, chemical irritants, and they were also using commercial-grade fireworks against us. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty horrific, and I, I don't think you could slide a credit card between two people in that tunnel. And at, at one point, um, while we were pushing them out of the tunnel, an individual uh, who has been identified now and, and was arrested and has since pled guilty Albuquerque head uh, pulled me off the police line out into the crowd where I was beaten with fists, with metal objects, and uh, struck with uh, a taser device multiple times at the base of my skull. As a result of that, I was uh, diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury, and I suffered a heart attack as well as some pretty serious uh, burns. Uh, again, it's just uh, unfathomable to think that this would happen in the halls of the U.S. Capitol. And Officer Fanone, I know we're tied on time. I want to get to the to the heart of your book called Hold the Line uh, about uh, the aftermath of the insurrection as well. And ultimately, I want your thoughts on uh, who ultimately needs to be held accountable here, particularly one Donald J. Trump. Is he ultimately responsible for this? And will all the people who are responsible for this be held accountable? Uh, well, to answer the first question, yes. I, I think it was pretty obvious in the immediate aftermath of January 6th that Donald Trump was morally and ethically responsible for the actions of his uh, 
reporters. Uh, that being said, I think the select committee has done an outstanding job of investigating the root causes of January 6th, and I think they've made the case that Donald Trump is also criminally responsible uh, for defrauding the American people, and, and quite frankly, I feel inciting the violence, uh, obviously, of January 6th. Um, that being said, I have absolutely no idea whether or not uh, Donald Trump or, or any of his supporters or subordinates will be held accountable criminally for, uh, for the result or, you know, for what happened on that day. I, I think they should be. I think that it's important that in this country no one is above the law, not even the president of the United States. Um, I, I feel like, you know, as a former law enforcement officer, that was uh, the foundation of this republic is the rule of law. And, you know, in this circumstance, accountability is the only tool that we have uh, to ensure that, you know, these things don't happen in the future. We only have a minute left. The insurrection failed, but how much peril is democracy still in? Uh, I mean, it, until there is accountability, uh, I don't think, I, I think that this is, it, it's not a failed insurrection. It's ongoing. Um, I mean, this insurrection still lives and breathes as long as the people who uh, put it in play are not held accountable. And this has now become a part of our political playbook. We've seen it all across the country. You know, members of Donald Trump's party, uh, when they don't win, they deny the results of the election. Uh, and that always will have the potential for a violent outcome um, as seen on January 6th. It's an important story, an important book. Hold the line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul, available everywhere. Officer Michael Fanone, thank you so much again for your time. We really do appreciate it. All the best to you. Thank you. You as well. Here on 92.7 WMAY.